Welcome to the Reflecting Him podcast, where we dive deep into discussing what it's like to live a bold and spirit-filled Christian life. We are your hosts, Casey Slack and Brian Murphy. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you so much. So some examples of what unhealthy boundaries look like. Disrespecting the values, beliefs, and opinions of others when you do not agree with them, right? Mm. Now, um, I'm going to give an extreme example. And, you know, and it, it's a very heated topic, especially in America. And it's, you know, pro-life versus pro-choice, right? Mm. Um, now, we are pro-life, 100%. Come on. Um, but that doesn't mean that we are not to show God's grace um, and love and mercy to those who may have a difference of opinion when it comes to that. Absolutely. Now it's to to come and to bring, you know, and to pray and to, to you know, pray that the Holy Spirit convicts them to show the importance of life, right? Um, but by no means is it to condemn and say, if you have ever you know, went through with abortion, you are automatically going to hell. Um, so you might as well just give up with your life right now. You know, um, I have seen and witnessed certain signs out of, you know, uh, Planned Parenthood, right? That that the intention is to almost threaten them to Jesus, uh, which you should operate out of love, right? Absolutely. Hey, you know, this may be a really tough time. This may be a really tough decision that you're struggling with. But guess what? Jesus has you. Mm-hmm. That there are resources available to you to help you with the process. Let us stand together with yeah. you uh, before you make the decision to end, you know, a baby's life so that, so that that person may come up and have a living testimony of what Jesus Christ, excuse me, of what Jesus Christ did um, not only in their life, but in their mother's life, right? Yeah. Um, that could be an amazing testimony. That could be an amazing story that that really brings a lot more people to Jesus. Um, but condemning people to Jesus usually isn't the right approach. And yeah. so, yeah, do you want to add anything to that? What did Jesus do and say at the woman at the well? You know, he yes, he prophesied and he revealed to her uh, what she already knew, right, uh, about her life and what she did, but it wasn't in a like, like a, like, oh, you did this, boom, 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 in a very, you know, um, um, in a in a disrespectful uh, or in a um, condemning voice or tone. Um, when you read the scripture, you can almost hear his voice when he's talking to the woman. He's like, you know, like woman, um, you know, you have had, I think five, right? Mm-hmm. Five husbands, you know, and, but he says, you know, you know, um, draw me water. She's like, well, you know, um, who are you to ask me to, to, to get you water when you are a Jew and I am a, you know, a Samaritan, Samaritan. Yeah, Samaritan. um, and so, you know, the cultural differences there is is so different that um, even when Jesus' disciples saw them talking to each other um, and, and, and and in that situation, they even were like, hey, you know, well, what's, you know, what's going on? They were starting to question what's going on here. Um, it could, that situation could have gotten heated, right? Um, there could have been um, a bunch of, you know, disbeliefs thrown around. Um, but Jesus remained respectful towards her, 
uh, towards the culture um, and towards um, towards her situation and um, and then brought her clothes and offered her living water water when she's been, you know, living off of, you know, the water or the tainted water from other lovers for so long. Mm-hmm. And so same situation can be applied to, you know, you know, talking to someone about um, abortion, pro-life, pro-choice, whatever you um Whatever it is, you know, uh, if it's, you know, um, about, you know, homosexuality, transgender, all those situations that are very controversial and very hard to talk about. It's really hard to to know where your stance is on that. Um, but approach it respectfully, um, especially when you're talking to someone who is dealing with that situation. Always approach it respectfully. Always approach how Jesus would have approached it. Um, and, what you know, without trying to threaten them over to Jesus, um, show them who they really are in Christ. Show them that Jesus loves them, um, no matter what situation they are in, and that He will um, He will bring them everlasting water and everlasting life. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Um, the next one: not saying no or not accepting when others say no. So the 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 second one we talked about in the healthy boundaries: saying no and accepting when others say no. The opposite is not saying no or not accepting when others say no. So the toxic boundary is when you cross over the boundary that you should have set in the first place, mm-hmm. um, and you're saying um, you're saying no um, when you could have when you could have actually said um, yes to it. Um, is that kind of what we're we're going through here? Not saying no. Um, or not accepting, I know, like, not accepting when others say no, like, if, if someone says no, uh, respect that. Um, when others say no, um, don't push. Um, so the toxic boundary is, is or the, the, the line that was drawn and you crossed it is when you go ahead and, um, and do something anyways when someone asks you not to, mm-hmm. or doing something anyways when someone said you no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, not accepting what others say no is really a lack of respect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lack of respect for who they are, for their boundaries, and for uh, for for them. And what's one thing is that Jesus Christ, he really respected everyone that he came in contact with. I mean, even look at his interaction with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there are some scriptures that may have seemed like Jesus came off a little bit stronger um, than others. But the reason why is that like out of everyone, they should have been the ones who like completely believed in him, right? Because they knew the scriptures so well. Um, and and he, it was a little bit of a tough love of a respect, right? He still always drove them to, to, to believe in, you know, the word of God, right? To... He wouldn't have given them correction if he didn't love them and respect them, right? You're so worried about how the outside of your, you know, your cup is clean, but you need to worry about how dirty the inside of your cup is, right? Um, he wouldn't have called them out if he didn't love them and respect them for that mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, kind of just walking in that love and respect, you know, kind of going into the next one, feeling like you're responsible for others, people's feelings and or happiness. Oh my gosh. Mm. Um, now I will say that this, I feel like this is most seen 
in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So breakups happen. You know, this is the thing about breakups. You're either going to marry them or you're not um, with whatever relationship you go into when it comes to a, you know, that type of relationship. Right. And, uh, and this is the thing, right? Uh, when you break up with someone, there's automatically becomes this some type of responsibility for their happiness or their feelings afterwards. When the truth is, is right when you break up, you are no longer responsible for their feelings. You're no longer responsible for their happiness. It's time for you to surrender that to God. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're the one who decided to break up with them. What are you worried about now? Let them be. Let God heal them. Um, let him take over. By no means does this mean that you need to be disrespectful. Right. But in the same sense that you need to, the biggest and the best thing is to not lead them on. To not give them that chance of redemption, that, temp- that chance of hope. Um, if you do that, that can honestly lead to more hurt and more of a, more of a divide, um, that Jesus is going to heal, that Jesus is going to need to heal before they step into their next relationship. You don't want to be the reason and the cause to why they feel like they can never date someone again, why they can never feel like they can ever get married again because of the wounds that you created by what they went through after you guys broke up. Um, absolutely, you know, kind of the same thing with feelings or happiness in the workplace, right? I know we really haven't touched a lot in the workplace, but the, the workplace, you need to be respectful of people's feelings, but happiness that, you know, it, it's different when it comes to a positive versus a negative, like work environment, a culture. It's not, I, if you are full of happiness, when you go to work, my hat is off to you. I love what I do for work. I love being able to care for people in the workplace, but by no means am I am I just the happiest person. But what I do is I, I pray and I'm content with the atmosphere, with the culture. The culture is positive. I'm not just talking about like positive vibes, you know, versus negative vibes, right? But the culture, it um it allows it allows like there to be less tension, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to feelings or happiness in the workplace, decisions have to be made, right? If you're in a place in your position to where you hire and fire people, uh, if they're not performing and if you've had multiple conversations with them, it's that you come to a point where you might have to pull the plug right. or uh, sometimes in my past work, it's called a PIP. It's called a performance improvement plan. And it pretty much says, hey, you're being less, you, you know, you're performing at a, at a very low level right now. Here are these goals that we have for you. And if you do not meet these goals, then this may end up in termination, um, being straight up. You need to improve or you will no longer be an employee anymore. And so, um, but you can't make those decisions just solely out of happiness or feelings or else, uh, the business that you really care about may never grow to the potential um, because they themselves as employees might be holding that back. Um, so this is where you have to disassociate your feelings and happiness from the situation um, mm-hmm. because you're not responsible. You're responsible for respecting them, you know, even as an employee, um, but you're not responsible for their feelings or happiness. Right, right. Um, there is a slight disassociation all disassociation also that needs to happen between um, feelings and actions. So um, you might not be responsible for their feelings, but you are responsible for your actions. So even after the breakup, 
there can be there can be times where you may not act accordingly towards the other person uh, during that time because um, you thought you thought the relationship was toxic like the breakup can be even more toxic sometimes mm. and so you might get in a tiff with you know your your ex um, and in, in that si- situation you are responsible for your actions towards that person um, are you responsible for their feelings that is on them how they respond to your actions so there's that so um, just no confusion there. Um, I, I've been there, done that, where I have tried to be responsible for someone's feelings and it did not work out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you are not responsible for that. It's, it's not um, It's not a value to you, um, but you are responsible for your actions towards people always. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so just kind of going into to closing this, to closing this, um, this episode out is just recapping about the importance of healthy versus toxic boundaries in relationships, you know, um, going to God, you know, of and establishing and communicating uh, mutual respect and and discernment of what healthy boundaries look like, what toxic boundaries look like. Yeah. You know, the last couple points that we have before we close it out, I just want to touch really quick um, is touching people without their permission and engaging in sexual activity without clear consent from the other person. And I want to touch on this because we can even, because this is what can even enter churches. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't something that um, it just happens outside the four walls of the church. This can, this happens definitely every Sunday, um, depending on what church you go to. Right Now, touching people without their permission. Now, this is the thing. If you have your own set of boundaries that you're not willing to cross, then you don't really have to ask anyone else if they're, if you're like, if this is crossing their boundaries and, and I'm saying this with the most conservative approach of handshakes, right? Mm. When it comes to the opposite gender, you know, um, with females, if you just stick to the boundary of just shaking hands with, if you are, if you're a male, um, or even if you're a female shaking hands with the opposite sex, um, and just keeping that firm boundary, there never has to be the question is like, if, is a side hug okay or not? Is a full hug okay or not? Because right. guess what? You're making the clear communication and boundary that that you would like to just keep it um, a formal handshake. And that's totally okay. Right. Um, that is respecting, that's mutual respect for both parties. Um, if they have a problem with you only shaking their hand um, rather than giving them a side hug, then honestly, that's their problem. That's near your problem. Right. Um, I know that there's a ton of, a ton of women not necessarily at Hungry Generation, but from the different churches that I grew up in that um, they honestly wanted their husband to be the first man that they ever hugged um, to show that type of affection to. And that's respectable. That's amendable. Um, and as men and as women, um, if you're watching this and if you're a woman, you need to you need to respect their boundaries when it comes to that, right? Now, if you're growing in a friendship or relationship and it's a mutual type of thing with side hugs, you know, it's a, it should be mutual, right? Mm -hmm. Communication is everything. Um, but touching on this last one, engaging in sexual activity without clear consent from the other person. Um, it's, uh, now this is something that we don't really have a whole lot of time to get into tonight, but, uh, when it comes to, 
you know, consent and rape ban. Even for those who may be who may come across this live stream who's not a believer and you're right here at the end of our of our live stream of our live stream and um, to approach this, right? Like communication is everything. Um, there are, are consequences for believers, for non-believers, for uh, for these different things, you know. And obviously, as believers, we stand firm that you should not be engaging in any type of sexual activity um, unless you're married. Uh, but even then, uh, there should be consent between the husband and wife. Um, you know, now there's respect and boundaries that, like I said, we're not going to get into because honestly, neither of us are married. So we are not uh, complete experts in that. But yeah. <laughs> from what we have been taught from our pastors, right, there mm -hmm. is this direct respect and communication when it comes to sex and how sex is supposed to be approached in marriage. Um, but for those who, who may not be believers, you need to you need to communicate. Um, and honestly, we're going to tell you straight up right now, like, if you are watching this and if you're not a believer, um, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're engaged in sexual activity with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend right now, um, and you don't know Jesus, receive him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, and watch him watch him heal your soul and watch him replace that yearning and the desire, yearning and the desire, um, you know, to, to engage in those sexual activities to be replaced with, to replace with the love of God. Um, to the point to where, um, to the point to where that's the last thing on your mind, right. you know, God can really truly renew you and purify you. Cause this is also the thing. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your, or, or if you decide to accept Jesus Christ and the Lord and your savior, but your partner does not, and you guys end up splitting up, guess what? You are then going to have a purified lens of how to approach your next relationship. And this is what Jesus Christ wants to do, right? So as you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your, your spirit is now intertwined with the Holy Spirit, which is untaintable. But your soul and your body are still able to be afflicted by sin. And in the Bible, it talks about how sexual sin is the sin that has a real infliction on like our inner body. It, it causes these soul ties. It causes these bonds with these people that are extremely hard to break. And these are, this is then baggage um, that you will at some level bring into your next relationship, right? Now, it's simple. It's easy to prevent that from happening. Stop having sex. Stop, you know, stop engaging in those activities. Take a step back, ask the Lord to cleanse you, to purify you, and then walk in purity. And through that sexual sobriety, watch him break those soul ties off. Watch him be able to then change your perspective 180 to where when you do go and pursue a woman, when you do go and, and have the desire to be pursued by a man, if you are a woman watching this, watch how your, your complete vision of yourself is renewed with Christ and watch how you then respect people as the children of God that they are. Mm -hmm. That if you're a man, you see them as a daughter of God. That if you're a woman, that you are a daughter of God and needs yeah. to be respected as one. Yep. And then allow God to really bless that relationship and what can come from it will be fruitful and what can come from it will have God's blessing um, rather than dealing with the, with these soul ties and these inflictions of your, of your past or your even present relationship. Right. Um, now that we're on the subject of relationships, but we're also on the topic of salvation, um, there's one point that I wanted to make. 
feeling like you are responsible for fixing or saving others. This is so huge and it's a boundary that's crossed all the time and it's a very toxic boundary to cross. The reason being is because you are not responsible for other people's salvation. They are with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's it's the relationship between them and their Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, um, they are saved when they put their f- full trust and faith in the Lord and what he did, his finished work on the cross. Mm-hmm. You are not responsible for saving other people. That's between them. You can lead people to the cross. You can lead people to Jesus and lead people to a relationship with Jesus. But once you lead them to the altar, their decision is on their hands, not yours. Yep. And I know it's tough. This is why people, this is why this is such a hard topic sometimes because you have relatives, you have close friends that, you know, you don't know if they die tomorrow, if they're, if you're going to see them in heaven or not. Mm-hmm. It's a hard reality check. It's a huge reality check. Um, but we have to keep in mind, and I know it's really hard, that we're not responsible for them. Um, we, Sorry, let me rephrase this. We're not responsible for their salvation. We are responsible for preaching the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because I don't, I don't know where it says in the Old Testament. I know this is uh, this is kind of taking it a slightly bit out of context. Um, but where it says, you know, if you don't tell your neighbor um, about, um, about, you know, uh, um, the God who serves you, the their it's like their their blood is on your hands. I know it's really kind of extreme, but you are responsible for preaching the gospel to your neighbor, um, and you're responsible for being an example of Jesus to your neighbor and to your family and to your friends. Um, but yeah, bottom lines, you're not responsible for their salvation. You're also not responsible for fixing someone, and this is where the, it comes into the context of relationships. Man, I've been in a relationship where, um, you know, um, I can I can confidently say I did try fixing someone. Uh, it's not the way to go. Um, you're not responsible for for changing someone. You're not responsible for changing someone's beliefs. You don't have the power or the authority to change. Only Jesus um, and and their Creator has the power to change them, uh, to uh, melt their hearts from stone into flesh, the, to to renew their minds. That's all on Jesus. You are not responsible for that. You can help in the process. You can ask the Lord, "How? Give me wisdom and give me knowledge of how I can um, help someone along in their change, in their walk with God." Absolutely. It's called mentorship. It's called discipleship. Um, but you are not responsible in the end for their salvation. You're not responsible in the end for fixing them or trying to change them. Yep. I just wanted to make that note before we ended. Yeah, super good. Yeah, Izzy, um, he's in the chat. And it's such a simple, such a good thing, right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Absolutely. You know, it's it's you have, you've been given free will, right? But did you lead them to the water? Yep. Um, and so... But with that, we're going to close this episode on healthy versus toxic boundaries. I hope that this blessed you. If it did, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that like button. Leave a comment of one of the points that really that really resonated with you. And so with that, better is not good enough. The, the best, best is, is yet, yet to come. come. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed this content and that it touched you in some way. Please leave a review. All feedback is good feedback, and we will see you next week.